This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for tuning in and listening in. You know, the big climate conference is underway over in Paris. Our president is hoping to make whatever agreement they reach there to be legally binding here in the United States. The biggest problem with the conference isn't the tendency for autocratic and bureaucratic domination of the world's economy. Yeah, that's bad. But the decisions that they're trying to make are based on faulty science. To use today's internet jargon, do you even science, bro? The science of climate change is faulty because of three main reasons. The first is a lack of transparency. The second is confirmation bias. And the third is noble cause corruption. I'm going to explain what I mean by all three of these ideas here in this podcast. So if you have some friends who just believe in that whole 97% consensus thing, you might want to share this podcast with them. It will give anyone who has an open mind and is seeking truth above ideology some things to ponder. Let's start with transparency. Let me tell you a story. In September of 2011, some really smart scientists were working with the CERN Super Collider over in Switzerland, and they announced a stunning discovery. They had found that neutrinos were traveling faster than the speed of light. This was a big deal because the idea that nothing in the universe travels faster than light is the foundation of Einstein's theory of relativity, E equals mc squared. C represents the speed of light in that equation. Physicists have been trying to prove Einstein wrong for more than 100 years with no luck. It's not because they are light deniers or because they are paid off by big oil. It's because that's how science is done. When you make a discovery or a potential discovery, the proper thing to do in science is to release all of your data, ask other scientists to check your work, and try to prove you wrong. That's how we learn. And that's exactly what those scientists at CERN were doing. The point of their press release wasn't just a brag. They were releasing all of their data and memos and calculations and were asking other scientists to check their work. Others did. They found out that the CERN scientists were wrong. Neutrinos weren't faster than light. After all, Einstein's theory still holds. Turns out the problem was a cable that was used to help time the neutrinos wasn't fully connected. There's a little bit of a gap. It was a little loose, and that created a delay in the measurement by a few nanoseconds. It was a tiny error, but it was enough to create a wrong answer. The CERN scientists didn't call anyone neutrino deniers. When the data didn't match their idea, they changed their idea. They simply admitted they were wrong, stated why they were wrong, corrected the mistake, and went on with their lives. That's how science should be done. That's not how the science of climate change is done. All right, E equals mc squared is the mathematical model of Einstein's theory. It's simple, it's elegant, and it can be tested against reality to test that theory. Scientists have been trying for more than a century to prove that equation is wrong, and every time they've tried, they've failed. 
This doesn't hurt anyone's feelings. It's how science works. In the world of climate change theory, the UN's computer models are the mathematical representation of the theory, just like equals mc squared is represents the theory of relativity. These UN climate models represent the theory of catastrophic man-made global warming. There are dozens of complicated, convoluted computer models out there, not just one, but all of them say the world should be warming up rapidly. And for a while it was. We were warming rapidly from the 1980s until the late 1990s, and then the warming stopped. According to satellite records, there has been no global warming for 18 years and nine months. College freshmen who need safe spaces from ideas that hurt their feelings don't need safe spaces from global warming because they've never experienced it. Even the surface temperature records were not showing any warming for more than 15 years. Again, in science, if your theory doesn't match your data, you change your theory. Well, not in climate science. Here, we change the data. Scientists at NOAA and the University of East Anglia in England have been adjusting that surface data for years. It used to be that 1934 was the warmest year in the surface data. Then they adjusted it and poof, 1998 became the warmest year. That's still the warmest year in the satellite record, but we didn't have satellites in 1934, so... All right. In the surface record, more adjustments were made and... 2005 became the warmest year. Then 2010 was adjusted to be the warmest record. Even after all those adjustments, there still had been no statistically significant warming in over 15 years. So this year, NOAA and NASA made another adjustment. They decided the problem was we weren't assuming that the oceans were warm enough. So they adjusted the buoy and ship records, manually making temperatures colder in the past and warmer in the present. It's this data which doesn't match the unadjusted satellite data they are using to force an agreement in Paris this week. Now, Congress has asked NOAA and NASA to give their records about the process of those adjustments to a committee in, in Congress, NASA and NOAA have refused. Again, I ask, do you even science, bro? Congress shouldn't have to ask for this data because NASA and NOAA should have already released all of it to the entire world and asked other scientists to analyze their work just like the CERN scientists did. That's how you science, bro. The fact that they didn't shows a lack of transparency in climate science, and that means that whatever they are doing isn't actually science. It's statistical gymnastics. It's propaganda. It's something else. It's not science. Because in science, you, you are transparent with what you do. This also highlights the second flaw in climate science, confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is where you seek and find information that supports your pre-existing beliefs and ignore or refute data that contradicts your pre-existing beliefs. If you believe in Bigfoot and you go hunting for Bigfoot, odds are you'll find something that will support your idea because of confirmation bias. If you don't believe in Bigfoot 
Even if you see a really large furry creature in front of you, you will go, eh, I don't think so, because that doesn't match your pre-existing beliefs. That's confirmation bias right there. If you're doing science correctly and you find that your mathematical model doesn't match reality, you change the model. You scrap it altogether. Well, that's not what happened. Instead, NOAA and NASA tried to find a way to change the data to match their beliefs. They found a way to do it and thus gave in to confirmation bias. We all do it, but that's why you have to be transparent. Because then other people can point out, wait, this is confirmation bias. You're not doing science, bro. The third problem I mention in climate science is called noble cause corruption. That's where it, it's okay to do the wrong thing if what you're trying to accomplish is right. If you're trying to save the world, then it's okay to ignore standard scientific principles. That is noble cause corruption. I was at a conference for the National Weather Association in 2012, the fall of 2012. This was one year after the CERN neutrino announcement and just a month before the whole thing was thoroughly proven false. At that conference, there were some college professors trying to understand why meteorologists as a group didn't believe in global warming. Most meteorologists, and geologists by the way, don't think that man-made carbon dioxide is the main driver of climate. They don't believe the UN's climate models are correct, and they think something else is going on we don't fully understand. Those college professors thought we needed re-education, so they held a breakout session at this weather conference one evening to try and figure out why we didn't buy into the orthodoxy. Well, I brought up the neutrino controversy as an example of the proper application of the scientific method. I mentioned the level of transparency and professionalism that was missing in climate science, and one of these professors holding this breakout session, turned to me and said, yes, but that's because neutrinos don't really matter in people's everyday lives. She honestly and deeply believed the scientific method didn't have to be followed when it came to climate science because climate science was too important to the future of mankind to mess around with rules about openness and data handling. That is noble cause corruption. And I don't believe she's the only one who's fallen into that trap. So as leaders from all over the world fly their carbon-guzzling airplanes and ride in their limousine convoys to sit in heated luxury conference halls in Paris, all the while trying to get the rest of us to eliminate fossil fuels, the question we have to ask is, do you even science, bro?